Hello, it's Jack Tutor here of Attention Magazine. Welcome to Crucial Listening, the podcast where I speak with musicians and sound artists about three albums that are important to them. My guest this time is Joseph Kamaru, a sound artist from Nairobi, Kenya. His new album Peel just came out on Editions Mago. It's beautiful. The pieces on the record unfold slowly over time. Joseph is very interested in repetition and its effect on the listening experience. And that manifests in these pieces that feel quite static initially. And then you start to notice all these changes happening, these new field recordings coming in, these new textures starting to sidle in over the top or from the side. And it's hard to tell whether or not that's being instigated by the listener, because the static soundscape kind of instigates these these changes, these recalibrations in the listening experience, or whether Joseph is introducing these new textures. And it's an album that unfolds with each listen as well. You seem to feel like you're getting deeper and deeper into these pieces as you go. Joseph also self-releases on Bandcamp, kmru.bandcamp.com. There's lots of wonderful material on there. He's also involved in an archiving and reissuing project of his grandfather's music, his namesake, Joseph Kamaru, who was a big figure in the Benga music scene. And he's also involved in Black Bandcamp, which is a crowdsourced database of black musicians and producers, blackbandcamp.info. Timely, because we're about to hit another Bandcamp Friday next week as I'm recording this. So definitely check that out. I had a great time speaking with Joseph, both about Peel and getting some insight into the process there, but also about his important records. Joseph actually picked four, which is absolutely fine. It's always hard to whittle down that list to three. So you can go to attentionmagazine.co.uk forward slash crucial listening for more information on Joseph's picks and links to his music as well. Cool. Hope you enjoy the conversation. This is Joseph Kamaru on Crucial Listening. Joseph, welcome to Crucial Listening. Thank you for inviting me. So, you've selected three important records and a honourable mention as well for us to talk about. But before we get stuck into those, I wanted to ask a few questions on your album Peel, which just recently came out on Editions Mega. I mean, first question relates to the duration in which you recorded it. So, I understand that it came together within 48 hours. Um, is that yeah. typical of how quickly you tend to work? Um, not really, but different projects have like different ti- timelines or like lengths. Uh-huh. For example, this week I've been working on a single track since Sunday and it's been pressuring me so much, but right. there's a deadline. <laughs> <laughs> For Peel, um, I remember 
I was experimenting as soon as it came back I was messing around with field recordings and, and drones and um, I made well the first track with one one like sort of tool for Max I used for for like the whole process creating it like a Max device and other plugins then in my mind I, I thought this would be a project on its own <clears throat> and it was interesting because it was only one take for I think the recording of well like the second track of the album mm. and my in my mind was like let me make more tracks in this direction and that's how pill came about because I remember the whole day I was just um, <laughs> tweaking my knobs like from from like start to like finish and it's all evolving then when I have something finished or like length for example in peel like the last track of the album it was the one of the difficult tracks to make because i was making mistakes and i had to start all over again oh. and it's 20 minutes yeah and well, <laughs> if you if you listen to that track i think um, i don't know what minute these are drop down like a 1 db um down <laughs> Then I was like, I'm not doing this again. I'll just put it as it is. <laughs> and I think nobody has, has had that unless I mentioned it to somebody and they listen again, they'll realize there's a, wow. a DB down. Yeah. <laughs> but the whole process was, yeah, the whole recording arranging was done in, yeah, 48 hours in two days. And there were like, um, how many tracks? I think 12 or 11. Yeah, mm. and these are the ones which stood out. But like the whole um, layering and adding more field recordings to the track, which took longer, but everything was finished um, within 48 um, hours or even more, maybe. But like I was, I was happy with um, the record the following day, listening back to the tracks. And it's interesting because some of the tracks are only one takes. <laughs> wow. And yeah, so I'm happy how it turned out because the project was actually I uploaded it on my <clears throat> on my SoundCloud as private and I was thinking maybe I'm going to develop more and add more stuff and layer it and hopefully make it more denser. Mm. <laughs> but I did send the project to Aho actually and I was asking him should I continue working on the project or yeah just for feedback then yeah he really loved it and because I was I was not sure if it sounds finished but yeah <laughs> then that's how it came about <laughs> I can't even remember your question sorry that's I mean that's so interesting I, I want to come back to that point you made about midway through peel the one db drop because i think one thing that mm. has struck me about listening to this record is the repetition that takes place i think yeah. plays tricks with how you perceive the sound anyway i i guess there's and i'm not an acoustician i'm you know i'm not an expert on any of this but there mm. are certain aspects to how your brain interacts with the sound that i'm sure it's doing its own crossfading as well and dropping things to the back as they become familiar and bringing certain things forward and i mean i certainly find myself questioning whether new elements have entered the mix or mm. whether or not i'm just suddenly starting to hear them because of how i'm recalibrating to what i'm hearing um 
I mean, I, I understand that the record came partly from your own studies into repetition and, and time and sounds. Um, yeah. Could you tell me a bit about that and how it relates to Peel? Um, before Peel, um, I, I, I remember I was doing the Max, Max for Live course on Cadence, I, I think late last year, and I came across this... Um, another course called like repetition in music and it's something that I realized in for example um, music by Pasinski, William Pasinski and mm. I was interested to like um, experiment or try out stuff and how I go about um, this project or trying to learn something I usually transcribe not like notation but listening to the like a specific track then trying to recreate it as it is um to the best and i did this for i think early in 2017 for an artist called atlas uh, and also i've done the apex twin piano piano anastasia something uh -huh. yeah <laughs> and i realized when i'm listening back to um, for example, very small sections of a, of a, of a piece, you can you, you hear new sounds after after looping like 16 bars or like four bars every time trying to like create it inside your Ableton. These new um, sounds that are coming out from 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 like listening, and it's the same also with speech when when I I say my name like Kamaru 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 Kamaru. It's, it's like I'm saying Maraku Ma Kamaru 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 <laughs> I don't know when how, Halfway my word is like The other way <laughs> I, I don't know if you understand What I'm saying Yeah absolutely but Yeah Yeah So I, I try that with sound And for sound it's interesting um, Trying to stay As fluid as possible And organic And yeah I just realized I don't Also for most of my projects, I, I don't um, use a metronome <laughs> or like um, tempo. So, mm. for example, for Peel, I'd given my friend initially before the project was finished, like during one hour when the project was on SoundCloud to listen, and he wanted to remix the track. And <laughs> he, he asked me for the metronome BPM and, and was like, there's no BPM for this song. <laughs> yeah, you just have to figure it out. And that's how I've been going on like for most of my projects where when I open a project file, I'm just, yeah, it's, it's gridless. There's no grids. I, I removed like grids from Ableton and just... Um, sort of working freely and yeah seeing what can happen mm. in time and space <laughs> and is there something about the the grid that inhibits mm. that for you or, or what what is it about the grid that uh, i don't know maybe gets in the way and makes you want to get rid of it? it it doesn't get on my way for example composing um um textures or drones or field recordings if um <coughs> Sorry, if I'm if I'm thinking of of something to write and I don't have any particular BPM because it's not dance music. For dance music, when I'm experimenting with beats or drums, I have to 
use the grid or mm. sometimes break it but uh, but like for my projects i i just use the gear and start recording and improvising and layering yeah and i wanted to ask as well about field recordings that you incorporate into peel there's one in particular um mm. on the first track why you here yeah. where it sounds um like a horn of some sort um and it kind of comes near the beginning i think it it, it kind of leaves again it maybe comes back i can't quite recall do you know the sound that mm. i'm i'm talking about yeah yeah um i don't know if you can divulge your <laughs> secrets but what is it that's making that sound i have a collection of broken instrument sounds <laughs> <laughs> ah. and yeah when i wrote why why are you here um there's a point i remember these sounds of like the broken brass sounds and yeah of wood winds and winds or like broken different orchestral broken sounds and i i decided to lay it but it's very low or you can't really hear it but it's there yeah yeah it's i mean because it's quite a brash sound i, I know with um you know usual associations mm. with music um that's as fluid as you say as this um mm. those kind of sounds don't always emerge that often but for um it, it, it you know for if you're really listening to it it really does jut out for that moment that it's there which i yeah. really like well one more question on peel i had as well was as you say you you composed it quickly and it sounded like you weren't immediately sure whether or not it was done um, mm. Obviously, now it's definitely done because it's out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, mistakes, yeah. <laughs> how do you feel about the record now? Like, has your relationship with it changed now that it's out in the world and it's definitely finished? Yeah. Um, it, um, from the process of creating it and how, because I remember when I was making it, I was asking my younger brother to listen to it and. I was going on breaks because my 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 hand was painting just tweaking one knob for a very long time and um it was very I really connected the whole process even though it was very fast or like quite fast and I didn't expect like a huge response from people or like so much love from the album yeah and I'm so happy that I'm listening back to like the 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 record again and yeah there's more, even for me when I'm listening back there's something new wow I'm hearing yeah yeah that's great well uh people should definitely check it out so that's out on editions Migo now um Joseph as well where's the best place for people to keep up to speed with what you're doing would that be on Bandcamp yeah, on Bandcamp, and I just finished making my website during this pandemic period. <laughs> Kamaru.info, yeah. Great. Well, like I say, you've got some important records uh, that you've brought to the table. W one question I like to ask before we dive into talking about the records specifically is how you thought about the term important when picking this list. So was there a way that you understood that word to come up with the list of albums that you've got here? For me, the selection of the records I chose were the records which have played, like a, a, have contributed into my 
my musical like experience or what can I say musical like new 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 music for me that mm-hmm. I, I I didn't hear before and I was really intrigued and excited to listen to these records um, and also contributed much from my whole musical journey which I'm still in um, writing electronic music and and sounds yeah great well let's dive into the first one i'll let you pick whichever one you want to talk about if you give me the name of it and then a little bit about why it's important to you as well hmm. maybe you can start with anna roxanne's uh-huh. album with the with the signs yes yeah <laughs> the three tilders yeah. um yeah, it's, yeah why is uh, this one important to you um this one is important because of how Anna used um, field recordings and her voice and there's also the sense of timelessness in this record mm. which um, it was actually the first record I bought of Bandcamp last year and I was so connected with the whole um, composition of how the record came out to be and the fact that it was released also um in 2015 and released on living records last year uh-huh um and actually it was one of my favorite ambient albums uh, um for last year yeah i want to pick up on you mentioning that it feels timeless because um in my Mm. initial acquaintance with this record that's the impression that i'm getting for several different reasons i guess there's several different means by which you could perceive timelessness within this particular record but what do you mean when you say that this record is timeless um there's no connection um to time and the space in in the record Mm. where how, how how Anna is creating like the soundscapes of the environments and also her voice and some and also adding for example there's a track <coughs> I think um it's a rainy day cosmic show there's a synth like um wave wavy and for me it felt like it's maybe in the future <laughs> this record like <laughs> this track was made in the future and it's here for us to listen to it (laughs) that's so nice i mean it's um definitely i I get that futuristic impression when i listen to this but also there's the fact i guess that it was made using a vintage moog synthesizer Mm. as well right so you've got uh, and also something about it with the i guess arpeggiations or whatever you'd you'd call them that feels as well quite reminiscent of um sort of an earlier era of electronic music as well but yeah yeah, that's certainly one understanding of timelessness that that i felt when i was listening to this um do you remember how you came to discover this record like how did you come across it last year when i was thinking for my master's program i wanted also to apply to mills college which is in in California Bay Area mm. and that's when I came Anna, Anna Anna Anna's name as she was studying there that it all connected 
when she released she released the 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 album i think in june last year and i was i was excited to to hear this work i also like reached out to her and chatted about this how the record inspired me because i wanted to like write something um not similar but as from um the inspiration from the record and yeah that's how i just did come up i came across the the record yeah but i'd been following the label but i i i came across the her name from my idea to study in mills yeah was there anything specific about the sound of this record that you wanted to uh, experiment with with your own music it's a very simple yet powerful record ambient record and how how for me um musicians or people who use their voices as instruments are usually very inspiring of how they how they how they do it <laughs> because i used to sing but i stopped and how how ana um balanced um everything on this record was really inspiring and also even if you remove the voice from this record i think you'll still feel the whole um waviness mm. of the record yeah and there's also a lot of um connection with water from this record i think i i i i i i i realized that cuz she's using sounds from uh like the, the sea and mm. yeah for me it's just a, a really um emotional or sensual record electronic ambient record from Anna yeah it's so pertinent that you've just said that it's like water cuz i'd written here that there are elements of this record that feel on a superficial level like on first glance they feel quite still but then when you really examine them they're moving a lot and they're churning and they're changing and there's a lot of pulsations going on which is precisely like water right i live right by the sea and <laughs> you know you can look out on this thing and it looks like just a big block of blue but upon closer inspection there's all these movements going on which feels very resonant within Anna's record here there's there's all these micro movements happening yeah and it's a short release as well i mean it's uh what is it like 20 minutes it certainly passes quickly when i've been listening to yeah. it um <laughs> do you think brevity plays any part in your connection to it mm, i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i've i've listened I've listened to this record so many times and like for example this week today I was listening to it while driving and hearing the I think the last track um where there's this child speaking and there's a, a very selfless um field recording where it feels so natural mm. and how the field recordings the chimes and Anna's voice coming in like blended all well together yeah yeah that's a lovely piece it sounds like there's like a family gathering going on or something yeah hmm um 
you mentioned as well about the fact that you used to sing and then stopped. I mean, has there ever been any desire to incorporate the voice within what you're doing currently? I have, but it's not it's not audible where I use my my recorder and process my voice. <laughs> yeah, or like um, sounds which the voice can do. Yeah, and I also have this um, instrument by Soma Labs, the pipe. Right. Yeah, and it's more like a beatbox. Uh, an electronic beatbox machine. I've never used it for my voice, but I just pass my scene through it. But yeah, you can do so much with the the voice, the breath. Yeah, with the with it, and I'm um, I'm happy how microphones, like different microphones, um, you can be very experiment experimental with uh, microphones with your voice or like sounds from your body, yeah. Let's go to your second record now, Joseph. If you give me the, the name of it and then a little bit about why it's important to you as well. Chris Watson, um, Elton Van Dansma, like mm. the Ghost Train record. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so why is this one important to you? Yeah, this one is, I think, very important because I remember I came across this record in maybe 2015. And it was four years down the line, <laughs> its release. Mm. And it was the same time where I was in a residency, a train. It was a train journey residency where it was from Nairobi, where we traveled from Nairobi to down in the coast in Kenya, a place called Kilifi. And it was 14 hours, like, journey on the train. Back then, I never produced or I, I never produced um what i'm currently doing but i was recording the train sounds not very intentional but i was amused by the the chugging and the whole because it was the old train the smoke train yeah and it was super hot and it's 14 hours (laughs) and we have to create stuff with other artists um musicians and visual artist it was an interesting trip and during this time i was i i didn't have a field record a field recorder i just had my ipod and on the ipod i used my earphones and hung my earphones outside the the window of the wagon so that i can record like the the train sounds and (laughs) the ambience outside and yeah I managed to like clear some of the nice sounds and just listen back to them during the journey because this was my project because I was thinking what am I going to do and people are very active people on their guitars making new songs because we had to, by the end of the, the journey 
it was called East East African Soul Train Residency. We had to showcase what we've created during the journey at the and where we were staying. And yeah, I managed to I met I met uh I met uh, a passenger who was not part of the residency and he was called Leon. He's called Leon. I didn't know he was a producer, but he was interested with what I was doing and yeah, we became friends and I told him I was recording sounds in the train and I'm thinking of making a track maybe, yeah. Then he told me he produces, so I was like, okay, let's do this together. <laughs> and that's how... The residency, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just a, a random passenger. <laughs> Super cool. And he's one of my favorite friends now, producer friends in Nairobi. And we, we make totally different sounds, but yeah, he's the go-to guy. I... I, I I really enjoy sharing projects with him and making stuff with him. Cool. So we made this uh, project called East, and it's on my bandcamp. It's one of my first collaborations with him. And after the residency, or maybe before, I'd come across. Wait, wait, is it after? I think it's after I'd come across now Chris Watson's um record i had the the track el difficidero like the i think that's the most standing out track from the album how how the yeah the whole how he how technical the album is in in a very nice way Mm. with the field recordings it's like a book or a picture of sounds and they're very well um described and I was so happy, I was very happy to come across this record because back then I didn't know that people like would just listen to this kind of music as it is. And yeah, because even my East project had, had drums and Leon added his old layers, but I was also interested in the sounds of the ambience or like the the natural surrounding throughout the journey of the chain mm. and coming across chris's record i was really excited that there's something like this out there and i i bought like my my zoom it's six which i have right now and the first time i remember listening to like my natural sur- surrounding I was wow i was so wow that I was I was missing on so much sound <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I just started collecting and just going out in the field, listening to different sounds, not even recording, just listening what's happening here. Uh, it was it was good old days where I wake up in the morning and <laughs> just carry my recorder and walk all the way to nowhere, but <laughs> come back happy <laughs> with inspired um, sounds. And later... Um, I started using the sounds more in like the technical side of production as as compositional tools and using field recordings as basis of my production and yeah seeing what will happen yeah it sounds like um is it a case that discovering this record was licensed to be like Oh, this can it's it's enough just to have the field recordings and not give it a more 
overtly musical package like you can just have you can just enjoy those sounds as they are in the same yeah. context of music is 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 that what this record sort of introduce you to yeah for sure it's more of like our surroundings have their own stories to say and when i i'm out in the field and i hit record that's already a composition if it's four minutes or six minutes or even 20 that's the piece itself and that's what maybe the garden outside has to say or like dogs <laughs> yeah and um when you go out and do field recording at the moment um what is it that and this could be a very difficult thing to define but what is it that stimulates you to press record is it hearing something in particular are you pressing record the moment you leave the front door like what informs that decision to press that button um lately it's been very intentional when i'm out in the field i haven't really um been out lately for a a field recording but sometimes when i'm in the field i hit record and just wait to be excited or like surprised by what the environment has to say Mm. other times i'll be at a location before and like survey or know what sounds i can get from this space Uh, i do that mostly in the house where i've really captured most of what's in our home where the kitchen has the best sounds but also like different rooms for example like lately i've been doing electromagnetic recordings and the chandelier has the best sounds wow oh that's so cool yeah like um yeah it's sometimes it's just in the house roaming and seeing what what will surprise me other times i enjoy doing this where i drive um it's sort of like mapping the locations where i've recorded but outside um my home so i drive to a location i just check on google maps and drive maybe two or three hours away from home and stop somewhere then record the sounds from there then the next time i'll reach there record the the place again and continue driving further so sort of mapping this um road or something yeah these ones are usually the best (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean that's not too dissimilar to what's implied by the track list of l train phantasma it feels like it's a a mapping of a route right I, i mean it seems like each of the tracks is sort of named after different stops on that route so um Mm. yeah that's really cool um you mentioned um el divisadero in particular yeah why does that one jump out for you um i think it's how how brilliant the and the depth of the the sounds used to like for this particular track everything like fits well together the train the like the horn of the of the, the screech and the horn of the chain and mm. there's this one time where i was listening to the track i can't remember what year 
and I'd ho- I'd open like two instances of the track on YouTube, and <laughs> it sounded amazing. <laughs> yeah, I just tried. Yeah, <laughs> no. I don't know how, but I I enjoy. Um, I usually even do this for my mixes. Where when if I'm making a mix on Ableton and I have a track playing, I'll open a, a different track in the background and hear how both of them it's like one track and when i did this for for this particular track um el divisadero divisadero yeah mm-hmm. um i was ha- i was how can i say I'll, I'll try it again maybe after this call and here i don't know but it depends on also like the start and the finish uh-huh. and it's something that also music that you can just start playing it from any minute and sounds and sounds like the start i think most music um uh for example field recordings like you can play them from from anywhere because yeah that's the start or like the finish or yeah and yeah. i feel for this track when i when i played both of the tracks together i was um impressed and amused how they fit well together <laughs> into two of them yeah yeah i love that point that you can start it at any point because i suppose particularly in the pieces that feel like more unbroken unedited field recordings the recording mm. is a slice of something bigger anyway yeah right yeah, so there yeah. is no stop and start that's you know it would be almost anthropocentric to be like this is where this landscape begins and ends right (laughs) yeah yeah um because i guess with with field recording there's occasionally the association with some form of neutrality like it's um you know just presenting the landscape as is um i think what really strikes me about l train phantasma is that there seems to be a lot being said by mm. what is being included on the record and what happens during what is included i think um yeah the fact that there are recordings of nature and people and occasionally they get utterly swamped by the sound of the train coming in and whether that's um a, a, an act of editing or whether that was on the recording itself i don't know but there clearly seems to be something being remarked on there about the presence that this train has within the landscape and how it basically just clears a path for itself you know in soundscape terms um do you have any thoughts on on that within say your own field recording or field recording generally about well i don't know what is being said by those field recordings and um yeah how what what they're communicating um yeah, it, sound is very political on its own, and for different works, it can be just as documenting. And I've seen that this is um, how most people approach field recording. Field recording where they are just documenting a different location or different environments. Mm. But for this one, there is the intention of the train, also from the artwork and like the different tracks. For example, um, I think the track 
los moches or something mm mm-hmm. you can you can hear the train coming to you and <laughs> yeah there's the intro with the field recordings not of the train i think birds and children and the chicken yeah uh, yeah yeah then you can hear the train maybe there's something um major behind um this i don't know hmm but for me I, i i approach it very freely but some it depends also with the location where i'm recording or doing a project for yeah Let's go to your third important record here Joseph uh, again if you could give me the name of it and a bit about why it's important to you I have to <laughs> maybe I'll go with the <laughs> the rival consoles one persona nice I'll tell you what we'll yeah. give the other one a, a brief mention as well yeah, after yeah, rival yeah. consoles mm. oh this one is important because of it's uh analog like sounds and how Ryan um uses um rhythm and it's also I realized most of his music um when I was listening because uh, this was the kind of direction I want to take um when I'm making sort of not dance music but music with kick drums mm. <laughs> and yeah the record was important and i remember first listening to i think be kind from the record and later he did like an reddit ama and i was asking him on the chat about the track and it's sort of an ambient track not really ambient but free form improvised and most of his work works and records feel very free and improvised also mm. even including the drums and everything and yeah so later on the chart he mentioned that be kind was fully improvised on the mini log and yeah wow and me buying a mini log <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, although it was like um something i was planning to do before realizing that the the project or he uses because I was following him way before yeah <laughs> but that gave you the push to uh, yeah to finally do it yeah <laughs> but I'm, I'm really grateful because um if I want like very beautiful sounds improvised sounds I could just go to the main log and I do this where if I'm not making music music I just jump and hit record and play and store them in a in a folder and this is also one take <laughs> and i the more of sketches 
and if I'm making something new, I go to the folder and listen back. And there's this one time I came across one sketch, <laughs> a track which I released called Points. And yeah, it was a one take improvisation from the mini <laughs> <laughs> And it's only one take and just a reverb and few delays. I mean, it sounds like you're quite comfortable with doing just one take and then leaving it. But is there any discipline involved in saying that's done? I'm not going to add anything. I'm I'm not going to layer this up. Like, is it easy for you to just go? No, I'm finished with that. One take is fine. Um, maybe it's something because when I when I'm working on projects, for example, projects which take long, maybe months, I usually when I feel it's finished. I don't usually want to go back to the project and change stuff. Mm. And that's how I I came like to this idea of just recording things um maybe one take and hear how they sound. But um yeah, it depends because sometimes I do it and I don't like it then you have to do it again. <laughs> but you have to be yeah, you just have to improvise. It's like performing live where you don't know what's going to happen and you just let it be and see how it will turn out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we should say, I'm not sure if I mentioned, but the rival consoles record in question is Persona, right? Mm. Um, yeah. Do you remember how you first came into this record? Um, I was following the label. What's the name of the label? Is it Erased Tapes? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Erased Tapes. Thank you. So I was following... I've been following artists from Erased Tapes because there's this um, blissful electronic music from the record, mm-hmm. the record label. And I was listening to one of Kiasmo's band member who is also a pianist from Iceland, from the, from the label... And I was listening to different artists from the record label. And yeah, I came across Rival Consoles. I think Johannesburg record. I don't know if it's called Johannesburg. Yeah. And back then I was also trying to make dance music. And this, I think maybe in 2015 is when I came, 2014, 15 is when I came across um rival consoles works and it's also it's been really inspiring what he's creating and for example his last record and the previous one Hmm. have been really unmotivating where when i'm making any kind of music or experimenting or improvising and the fact that most of his music is improvised also for me it's just that um, inspiration from different artists who make amazing works and trying to learn from them. Yeah. That's amazing that a lot of it is improvised because I had no idea about that and it doesn't sound like the sort of music which derives from improvisations. Like, it sounds so meticulous. Mm. Um, you know, the, 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 there's... And I guess... That's because the way in which he's then 
built upon those improvisations is incredibly deliberate and structured but i love the fact that the kernel of the pieces is um you know is is, is improv that's amazing um i should say as well the track i think it's called untravel i so i'd not heard this record before but that track un untravel yeah. is amazing like christ i've listened to that track so many times since it appeared in your in your list yeah i think i i think is it the one which starts with uh a looping um what do you call it um it's like um it's 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 almost like basically just one melody the whole way through um Mm. no drums um sort of like a bubbling synthesizer that's driving it um i think there's a music video that came out for it as well that i saw so if you i i see that rival consoles has also released a a a new record as well i think very recently is that have you checked that one out yet yeah i did and i think the the single release from the record um articulation Mm. was my the one which struck me i don't know if it's that one or can't remember which one but um also the fact that this record was like um he sketched how the idea of the record will be visually before mm. working on the on the music and it's something i was doing when i was in school for compositions where I'm I'm sketching but it was in very intentional just an easy way or visual way to see the flow of music. Yeah, I also do enjoy this this new record from him. Yeah. But those sketches, I'm really intrigued at anyone who's playing with that sort of visual sonic mm. crossover. What kind of sketches were you doing? Like how were you uh how are you portraying the flow of the music through visual means there? It's more of uh, using waveforms like in a linear way mm. where I have a straight line and that's my timeline. And I draw different like waveforms on it and for example, accents and crescendos and da- downwards for just the the mood like the dynamics mostly it's the 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 dynamics of the music and for the instrumentation i just write i just write it maybe a synth can come in here or drums layer with the synth more noise field recordings yeah but you can visually but I, I, I'm not doing this currently, but it was when I was in school because hmm. it was easier for me to do like compositions for projects in school that way. So I'm intrigued because that kind of implies a, a flow where perhaps you perceive the music before you go to, to create it. Um, hmm. Is there a, a a general direction that that takes place for you now? I mean, do you tend to have a, a a vision for what you're going to do before you sit down to do it or is it more a case of the other way around or are you doing both it's the other way around where i open ableton and yeah <laughs> see what happens try yeah but it depends because uh, i i i've been sort of 
buying different instruments and synths. For example, I have this mode pedal and my mini log. So I have uh, a clear idea if I want to make a music of, for example, mode on my bandcamp was just mode the pedal itself <laughs> and 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 mini log that was like the first um experiment with the pedal and yeah so something in that direction like loopy um calm or soothing maybe beautiful maybe i, I can use this because i realized i don't know if the pedal has I can't get minor sounds from the pedal. Everything sounds happy from this pedal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And and it's the same. Um, I, um, if I'm working on a project, maybe more droney, like uh, Sal from my record is like the Lira and the devices I used for Peel. And... Yeah, Lira is a very interesting instrument on its own, and Lira eight by Soma. Yeah, hmm. and so for if um, there's no very uh like clear direction or intention. I want to make something that starts like this, goes like this. It's more of yeah, just messing around, messing around with my tools or like Ableton and seeing what can happen and change over time mm. wicked and to return to this rival consoles record um is there a do you have a favorite track i mean you cited be kind as one that spoke to you initially is that still your favorite are there any others that stand out yeah the first track from the record nice unfolding yeah uh-huh with that kind of Dagat like the yeah yeah I think that's <laughs> the one I was confusing with and travel yeah and it's interesting how some I don't know if when 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 you when somebody is listening to a record and you can hear elements of how they made or yeah they made like different section or like the drums I think for this record I I'm not sure which track. I recalled like the sounds from maybe where he, he used them or like particular synth. Yeah, it's always ha- it's always a happy feeling knowing somebody is also doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's so interesting because I was I was going to ask you at that point like how that makes you feel when that happens because I'm not an electronic musician. So there's no way that I'm going to know what synthesizer mm. was used. And for, in, in my mind, that uh, keeps like a nice imaginative distance between me and the music where it's like it, it, yeah. it can be released into these crazy visions. And, I, you know, I can have all this imaginative stuff going on because I'm not going, oh, they're using that pedal or that instrument. But from mm. your side as an electronic musician actually you, you like that feeling by the sounds of it right when you hear someone doing something like that well it's more of um like uh, a compliment that they uh, that they they're also like using these tools or this interests them mm. yeah 
less more not samples but sounds from yeah because i think musicians who are very critical i'm not very critical can can be able to like capture or know know like the the types of the music the uh, types of like the scenes or like whatever they're using to make their music on but i think it's better to to just like listen and enjoy the music yeah touch on the last record as well you mm. brought to the table um i know how hard it is to pull together important records list and you know yeah. when there's occasionally they just won't fit into three so i always take honorable mentions on the podcast so tell me a bit about this fourth one um this word is Chitomo by idrisa samoro a malian musician really known malian musician and i came across this record way earlier maybe 2012 there i can't remember but i was happy like back then i was playing the guitar and learning to play different riffs and um trying out different rhythms on my guitar and I, I really wanted to improve and was playing along to, <clears throat> along to most tracks my grandfather's music or any different African artists because yeah I think the, the feel was quite different from the musicals like learning yeah mm. to play on my guitar and this one was a bit difficult to learn but i enjoyed the the music although i, I did understand i can i don't understand mali or like the language itself but the piece is very like the the whole record in itself is very it's the kind of record where when i'm i'm not like making music or just in the house i play this i play this kind of music just for like listening because when when i was listening back again to this record earlier today i could hear like some elements or like rhythms and riffs which i understand from like the kenyan different cultures but this is mali and also the fact that in school i did a bachelor's in music um technology and we were studying like different musics from different parts of the continent and Mali was one of my <coughs> my assignments for research I think I did and yeah I might have come across the record from there uh-huh. and then there was this time I was at a cinema and I I shazammed one of the songs because I, I knew I remember this song but I couldn't remember from where and yeah one of the songs better better 
was synced on Black Panther. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so is this um is this a record that you still listen to regularly? Yeah, I think it's on on my Spotify because it's not on Bandcamp. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one which is playing the most. I mean, yeah, you 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 mentioned he's a a big deal in in Mali. It sounds like he's got like a, a he's got a knighthood as well over there and he's big in the mm. world of music to tuition as well. Yeah. I don't know much about himself or what he's doing because I haven't been following like cuz I think he last after this for this record he he released another one hmm. called Kote and yeah I don't know if he's released any music any new music yet yeah and again do you have a favorite track on on this record the fourth track from the record mm. Teriu yeah hmm. I think that's the one which um, I enjoy listening, but also better better stands out after listening it to the scene in the cinema and yeah, recalling that I've had this record before. Joseph, this has been fabulous. Thank you so much for talking through both your own music and these important records. It's a very good time. Yeah, yo, thank you for the conversation. It was nice. And if people want to check out to say again your music um where's the best place for them to go online i put most of my music on bandcamp self releases and also finish my website my website which i'm really updating almost every day um kmru.info yeah great well thank you once again and to everyone listening i'll see you next time goodbye bye thank you